Single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone, but you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Single Parent Advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacy Poitras, broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. Welcome back to Single Parent Advocate Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I am Daryl Moody, joined once again by the single parent advocate, Stacy Poitras. Stacy, thank you for joining us again. And we've got a special guest this week. Uh, we're joined by uh, Noelle Federico. She is the CEO of Fortunato Partners. It's a communications and consulting firm. Uh, you may also know her as the single working mom. She's the brainchild behind that brand. Uh, Noelle, thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. So let's start off by talking about uh, Single Parent Day, which uh, was this past weekend. Stacy, tell us about all the things that you had going on there. It was awesome. We had about 50 families gather here in the North Texas area. We had a special uh, speaker come and we talked about vision boarding and the importance of, you know, make your plans. You know, the old saying is, uh, you know, uh, plan to fail or fail to plan, right? Or sure. might have go the other way around. I don't know. I kind of get that backwards all the time, but that's why I need a vision board, right? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, we also honored some of our key volunteers who have been contributors because we just crossed the 10-year line going into COVID. And uh, so we didn't ever get to have our 10-year anniversary. So this year we're pretending like we're 10 years old, even though we're 11 and I got to honor some of the, the pillars of uh, the organization. And I'm just super proud to still be going. I know very, uh, very many nonprofits don't make it this far when they're in their infancy. And I'm super grateful to uh, be here with you and with uh, all of the single parent community and especially Miss Noel. Well, tell us a little bit about, uh, about what you do. Tell us about uh, the Working Single Mom Net Project. And, and then we can talk about your day job too. <laughs> okay. So the workingsinglemom.com and the companion social media platforms were founded in 2014 by me. So we've been at this, what, like six years now, I guess. We have over a million followers now in our community. We have an active blog um, where I have bloggers, you know, putting up fresh stuff every day. And we're really about um, possibility, teaching that people that possibility exists. That's really my motto is um, anything is possible, I think is our tag, one of our taglines actually. Um, and I founded it because I thought that it was, it was really kind of my public name is kind of what, you know, I just invented this brand because I just wanted to, I just figured, hey, we might as well try to inspire people and so I just started posting stuff on a Facebook page and I bought the, you know, the domain name and and here we are six years later and we're kind of like this movement and we're a whole thing. And I've written a couple of books now and this is my give back. So, I mean, what I'm really striving to do is to show people, as I said, that possibility exists, that you very much um, have control over your own reality and what you're creating for yourself. And to Stacy's point, you know, things like vision board, things like affirmations, things like controlling your thought processes and responding and not reacting 
um, core prosperity principles. I've been studying prosperity principles and success principles since I was 12 years old. My mom was a prosperity teacher and a life coach before she passed away this summer. She was kind of the original inspiration for a working single mom. She was a working single mom. I was until my son was 19. He's going to be 20 this year. I got married again in 2019, uh, but I did run the whole 18 years with, you know, nobody living with us and nobody supporting us. I didn't take child support, et cetera, et cetera. So I can very much speak to what that feels like what those challenges are, um, you know, being in the middle of that some days feeling like, how are you going to do this? And you can't possibly go on. And what I did was I took the principles that I had been studying my whole life and I applied them and I've applied them the entire length of my son's life. And, you know, I managed to achieve incredible results. Uh, I filed bankruptcy when he was almost one, um, and came back from that and a whole bunch of other things by applying exactly what I'm out there teaching and talking about. So that's kind of the history behind the working single mom where we don't, I don't make money off the brand I finance it myself. It's my give back. Um, that's pretty much my story with that. So we're just out there trying to help people, um, to get inspired and to keep going. Um, and, you know, just keep doing the next thing in front of you and keep your attitude up because, you know, our, our emotional set point is our point of attraction. So the more that we can encourage people to, you know, go to the next highest emotional state, the better off their results are going to be. And that's what we've actually been focusing a lot on that in our live shows over the last, probably since November, I've been really hitting that. So, um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Well, tell us about your story. 18 years, uh, you know, what were some of the challenges along the way? Do you have any examples of where you, <laughs> you know, were able to apply those principles and kind of overcome challenges? so many. <laughs> Can we pick the best ones? Um, I would say that, you know, what I find, financial challenges are huge for single parents, at least, um, you know, from what I've seen. That is often and sometimes always the sticking point, whether it's, you know, you don't have enough because you're not getting supported by, you know, either the other parent or you're trying to hold down a job and care for the child for the majority um, you know, there's needs and requirements for the child and it's a never ending pit. And I'm here to tell you it still is because the kid's going to be 20 and it's still a never ending pit. But, you know, eventually they catch their own. But when they're small, um, you know, financial challenges are huge and, and there's nothing that it can instill fear, I believe, in a working single mom or even a working single dad like oh my God, how am I going to feed the kid? How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to make the car payment? How am I going to, you know, pay for camp? How am I going to take us on vacation? Whatever the case may be. Um, in a lot of cases, it's very uh, survival-based needs like food and rent and those yeah. kinds of things. If you're blessed enough to be worried about summer camp, that's like a whole nother level. But the majority of my audience seems to be you know, in this space where it's, it's about paying the bills and it's about, you know, putting food on the table. Um, and I think what people don't recognize and realize is that when you, when you are worried about something and then you focus on that, you start spiraling and, and then you start, you know, doing the what if scenario 
And then now you've got yourself into a panic and there's nothing like fear to instill that like, oh my God, I can't breathe. I can't function. I can't, you know, I mean, that's fear of not enough money is the kind of stuff that chokes people out. Right. And they, then they, then they have no ability to respond because now they're just a huge reaction based on the financial stuff. And I can speak to that two different times in my circumstance of the 18 years of Antonio's growing up once when I filed bankruptcy, which was because my grandfather had gone into the hospital um, and, and had been brought home with hospice. And it was before I was pregnant with Antonio, but I quit my jobs to help take care of him and then ended up getting pregnant. I was married at the time, but I had a lot of bills that, you know, I wasn't able to catch up with. And my husband at the time wasn't interested in getting a second job to help me do that. His solution was that I should just file bankruptcy because that was easy. Um, And I remember crying all the way to bankruptcy court and sitting in there with, you know, some pretty interesting folks and just feeling like the lowest piece of garbage that you can imagine, because that's not how I was raised. I wasn't brought up to not pay my bills and I was embarrassed and I was um, afraid and I was yeah, I just felt really, I felt dirty. I felt icky. I, I cried all the way home. Um, and over the course of, you know, I watched them tow my car away because they repopped it, you know, as part of the bankruptcy. And I just remember thinking like, okay, <laughs> like, all right. It's we're, all good from here, know? right? Well, I just thought, you know, I've got this kid, right? And I come from kind of this dysfunctional family. And now I like married this guy and he's kind of a interesting piece of work. And this isn't really where I want to be. And now I'm broke as shit. And, you know, what am I going to do about it? And I had, as I said, I've been studying principles since I was 12, but hadn't really had the kind of when the rubber meets the road moment, hadn't really needed to. Um, And I turned to my affirmations and I turned to things like a vision board, an image book. Um, I, I really was watching what I was saying about what was happening, you know, how I was languaging that, the story that I was telling about it. And I just made a decision. I just thought, you know what, I'm my kid's not, I'm not doing this. My kid is not going to like, this isn't how it's going to roll. And I told my husband to get out shortly after that. And I just said, you know, I don't want money. I don't want anything from you. You're welcome to see your son whenever you want, but I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not doing this. And just as I was able to elevate my thinking and as I was able to control where my mind was going and how I was languaging to other people. And, and I'm not a complainer really by nature. So I was really kind of watching that and I wasn't going around saying, Oh, poor me. Oh my God, I'm bankrupt. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I just started talking about what I wanted more of instead of kind of what it looked like in the moment. And that's one of the things that I'm always telling people like, you can be sitting in a pile of mud, but the more you talk about the mud that you're sitting in, the worse it's going to get. You know what I mean? So just start speaking. You know, you almost look like a fool in the beginning because you start speaking about how you want things to be instead of what it looks like in this particular moment. And I don't think I was uh, excited about you saying that Noel, because 
what you focus on grows, right? Right. And, um, you know, whether it's a plant, a child, a job, uh, you know, strength, you know, your physical yep. strength. A lot of people don't even focus on, you know, just taking walks and self-care. I really, really love what you're saying. Please don't let me stop you. <laughs> this is like, you oh can, but to, to your point, you and I couldn't, the three of us on this podcast, we couldn't stress that to the people listening enough that what you focus on grows. It's exactly what Stacey is saying. Whatever you're putting your attention on becomes your attraction point, right? So, and you know, the law of attraction is simple. The law of attraction doesn't know words. The law of attraction only knows energy and energy is, is either worry or it's celebration or, but that's the universe only knows the energy that you're directing. It doesn't know the difference between, oh, I'm worried about this. So I don't really want that. Or I want it to be this way. So I want that. All the universe feels is the energy that you are putting on it and then it returns it to you so this is why it's we couldn't possibly stress enough for people not to let themselves go into that fear worry despair panic because all you're really doing is perpetuating that um you know and and we recognize that when you're in fear despair worry and panic we're not going to get you to joy euphoria and you know but we might get you to worry from panic to worry is actually an elevated is actually elevated or even from like anger from panic to anger is even better, you know? So at least we could get you maybe to think the next best thing and then you'll slowly start to elevate yourself. So in regards to the, you know, financial disarray stuff and working myself through that. So that was the one thing in 2001 with the bankruptcy. And then about, I think it's been about four years ago now, um, For 14 years, I was the CFO and business manager for the global stock photography company, dreamstime.com. And I was a founding member of that team. Um, And then it became apparent to me that one of the reasons was my mom was not well and I wanted to focus more on that. But the other was I wanted to do more of my own thing. I had had my own um, corporation since 2007. So I was always doing, you know, kind of side stuff. But I stepped down from that position after being with them for 14 years um, because I just wanted to focus on other stuff. And I stepped down without a parachute um, and without a net. And I left myself really, I just jumped off the cliff and I just, just prayed that the net would be underneath me. And I have to say that that was even more of a when a rubber meets the road moment because I had gotten myself used to a particular level of manifesting Um, and then I jumped off the cliff and I didn't have, I didn't have the, the way I didn't have the backup finances to keep myself, you know, I didn't, I had kind of a plan, but I, it was like, it was one of those, God told me what I needed to do. And I just did it. And I didn't really know how it was all going to turn out. And what I ended up turning to again was what I teach. And there were days when I literally had an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper with affirmations on it. And I walked around this house, repeating them over and over and over and over again, just to get my mind to shut up because my mind was telling me like, oh my God, you're going to lose your house. You're you fool. What have you done? You know, you're insane. How are you going to, and then I would drive Antonio to school and I would come home and I would come upstairs and I would fall to my knees and I would weep. And this is only four years ago. And I, And I just, I just trusted what I teach. 
And it was a different level of doing that, as I'm saying, than back in 2001, because I had elevated myself to a particular point. And then I, again, just jumped off in faith based on what I wanted to see create itself for me. Um, and part of that was because I wanted to be in charge of my own work. I wanted to say what I wanted to work on and what I didn't want to work on. And um, I love the people that I worked with for all that time. They're amazing folks. It wasn't anything, you know, it was nothing like that. It was just a personal, like I just, it's been 14 years and I just want to do it my own way. Sometimes you want um, more. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, um, it was, that first year, I had no idea where the money would come from. And it came. Um, every month, I had enough. And some months, I had just enough. And there were times when I had $5 in my bank account. And I'm, you know, if you looked at what I live in and where I am, you'd think, oh, she's, you know, people look me up on the internet and they're like, oh, it's like, no, you have no idea. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah. So it, what it did though, was it schooled me again, like almost 18 years later and what that feels like. So that when I am teaching and talking, like, as you can see, it's emotional for me still, like that's very freaking real to me still, because I was scared and I, and I've been practicing, I'm going to be 53. So I've been practicing these principles for almost four decades and I think people think that, oh, I'll read the, the secret or I'll study this book and then everything's going to be, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't think people understand that this, it's a practice to get your life from what it looks like to what you want it to look like and to hold that and to keep it consistent. That's a practice. Like I literally do affirmations and do prayer work an hour every morning. No kidding. That's how I start my day. That's no joke. And I still do that. And I do it when things look great. And I do it when things look not so great. But that's really what holds me. Um, and, you know, and so I proved again to myself that by practicing all these tools that I talk about, you can, you know, you can generate a whole new reality. And that over the last four years is what I have done. Um, and it's been you know, there have been some scary points when during that first year I sold everything I could on eBay, everything that was in this house that I didn't need, absolutely need, I sold it. I sold all the jewelry I had. I sold pocketbooks. I sold everything I could think of just to, you know, I had some consulting gigs and I had a little of this and a little of that. And it was like 5,000 here, a couple of things, this, that. But there was never a time in that first year where I went, oh, it's all handled because this is coming in on a steady basis. It didn't get like that until a year ago where where I actually had a thing where I can say, OK, that's the baseline and anything over that, you know, we're good, we're golden, whatever. So, yeah. So those are two times that I can give you as real examples where, you know, I took what I teach and I put it to work. And, and I can still get to where I, when someone comes to me and says, I know, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent or how, you know, what do I do? I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. What I try to do is teach them how to control. All you can control is this. Sure. I, there's a numerous amounts of people that can help people find jobs or figure things out, but there's not a lot of people that can help people get a hold of themselves in their head and focus and direct so that you can change a reality. That is something I think 
that you're able to do when you've been through it yourself because you know how to speak to that fear and that panic. Um, you know, lots of times there are people out there speaking these things, but they they don't really know what that feels like to be a single parent and be, you know, locking yourself in the bathroom after your kid goes to bed, weeping on the floor because you have no effing idea what you're doing or you think you did it wrong or you think you don't have enough money or you think you possibly cannot possibly do it another day. And, you know, and, and I know what that feels like because I've been there, done that. And I've walked out the other side of it many times. So I feel like I bring that to the table. I bring that authenticity to the table. That's one of the things that people like about me is I'm very authentic. I don't, I don't tell you that it's easy. I don't tell you that it's going to happen overnight to you absolutely can change your life and it's work and you have to be willing to do the work. And if you're willing to do the work, you can change any circumstance, period, end of the story. If you're not willing to do the work, and I'll tell people, if you want the easy button, you should shut me off, you should get off my Facebook page and you should never come back here again because I'm not your girl. Right, so. right. Well, and I think, you know, the the, the words that I, you know, I keep hearing uh, resonate is, you know, bouncing back from broken is not gonna be like this smooth path, path, but just because you've been, you know, going through what you consider broken and everybody's version of broken is different. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, just trying to remember, you know, we, uh, you know, there's going to be days, even if you get on the path of affirmations and gratitudes and, you know, spending time with yourself, there's going to be mornings where you don't get that hour. Right. And, you know, I, I'd love to say, yeah, you know, I spend an hour every morning, but I found myself feeling guilty for not spending that time or feeling like, oh my gosh, did I, did I just ruin my day because I didn't do all of my gratitudes and my affirmations because I had to take the dogs to the vet before I had to go, you know, and I'm starting my own advertising business now, you know, and so there's days when you kind of have that energy, like you're saying, but it's not, you don't have the time in practical ways to practice it tangibly. And I'd love to hear you speak to that, you know, like on the days, like, what do you tell yourself if all of a sudden you don't get your gratitudes done or like, how do you manage that? Because I bet many, many, many single parents, especially after the pandemic are going to end up working for themselves. Like right. And, um, so yeah, go ahead. I learned that number one, I used to hear words like self-care and I would like be, what is that? Who has time for that? That's like, uh, nobody has time for that. What are they talking about? That's airy fairy. That's a bunch of BS. Uh, nobody has time for self-care. What do you I have to keep paying the bills? What are you talking about? And then, you know, my mom passed away from not taking care of herself. So that was this summer. She passed away at 75 and that was a rude awakening because she was like, I'm just like her in a lot of ways. And she would just go and go and go and go. So I had a really, I had a real reality check about the self-care thing. And I really started speaking to that, to my audience through that. And, and then after that, because I will say this: you might not get an hour, but you have to make sure that you get something. And, and uh, if it's five minutes or 10, like you have to put in boundaries because here's what happens. If you don't and you, and you fall, 
nobody, you know what I'm saying? Like single parents are holding so much and, and we think, oh, I can't take 10 minutes because I have to take the dogs to the bed or I have to do this or I have to get the kid or I have to. And what I'm saying and what I have learned now is that if you do not take that time, if you do not create that boundary, however you can make it work, if it's, if it's 10 minutes, if it's in, if you can't get it in the morning, try to get it during the day, you know, but to have that time for yourself where you can just kind of like recalibrate yourself and, and focus on what you want to see yourself create. Because if you don't do that, you are at effect of your day rather than you being in control of your day. So you're, this is really an important skill and it's one worth like trying to help people figure out how to, to make it happen. Um, because to your point as moms for sure, and probably with Daryl as a dad too, as a single dad, we're the last that we're the last consideration, right? It's all about, you know, whatever needs to be done. And what I'm learning at 50, almost 53 is that, we really need to be the first consideration in a way. And I understand if we have small children, you know, obviously that's the first consideration and, and all of that. But like, if you don't take that space for yourself, however you can get it and whatever it looks like for you, you are just going to end up running on empty. You're just going to end up reacting to everything that's coming at you instead of being able to respond. Because when you lose your peace or you don't have time to just frame that for yourself in some way, whatever works, then you are, you know, things are coming at you, checkbook balances, calls from the school, whatever's happening. And you're, you're like a ping pong ball. Now you're just like, you know, and you have no, you kind of lose that when you are able to get yourself reset and come from some kind of a grounded place of peace, you can respond to things and you can recognize like, Oh, this is the circumstance that's happening. But if I lose my shit right now and, re and react to this, then I'm going to lose all my power. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so let me, let me take a moment. Let me just take a breath and then let me see what my best course of action is. And, you know, instead of being very emotional and ping ponging and, and reacting. And when we don't get some time to recalibrate and to Stacy's point, maybe it isn't every day. Maybe you can't make it happen every day, or maybe you can only make it happen five minutes before you go to bed, or maybe you even need to get up 10 minutes earlier so that you can get that 10 minutes for yourself, but it's worth it because it, it just gives you a place of wholeness to come from. And then you can be responding to, you know, the stimuli that are coming at you instead of reacting to that. Because when, when we are a reaction, we lose all of our power and, you know, and, and then we're sort of at effect of whatever life is throwing at us. Right. Because then we, then we tend to spiral when we lose our power, we, we get reactivated about the checkbook balance or the call from the school or the spouse that's acting up or mm -hmm. whatever. And now we're just, a, now it's a hot mess because there's no lines and there's no course of action. There's only us like all upset and emotional. And then we're vibing coming from that emotional set point. So we're attracting more of it and it just kind of snowballs. So I don't know if that answered your question, but I it totally it did. did. It did <laughs> because you know, I mean, what you do so well and uh, is you break it down 
into or break your communication down so well about, okay, these are the different, you know, dynamics and pieces. Uh, the, the thing that I always uh, tell myself and uh, really communicate with the families that I've been able to work, work with and get to know is that you have to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Whether you're a single mom, single dad, you know, uh, professional, um, and really even the children of single parents, you know, there's a lot of children of single parents that really contribute to the home and understanding that they can take care of themselves so that they can contribute around the house and still do their homework and still, you know, uh, be part of what the whole family is manifesting, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because I, I'm a fan of, of the kiddos that are in these homes because they're strong, very, yep. very strong and resilient. And um, so I don't know, Daryl, what do you have? You're a single well, dad. I was just, I kind of want to dive into this. Uh, Noelle, what do you do for, for self-care? I mean, you know, given your limited time, you, you're a career woman with a lot going on, uh, you know, what are some, what are some suggestions for things that we could do to, to kind of, you know, recenter our chi, so to speak. <laughs> I've discovered that yoga is instrumental. So even just 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I've So one of the things is I've discovered that kind of morning practice, which now I get to have an hour, but like when Antonio was in school and stuff, it was more like 30 minutes. So I just, but I had to get up earlier, right? So, you know, he didn't have to get up till six. So for school, so I got up at five. And, you know, it was kind of a pain in the ass to get up at five, but I did it because I didn't get my time if I didn't do it. Um, And as I've gotten older and I now have the luxury of like, I turned his bedroom um, when he moved out into a sitting room for myself and furnished it with like, this is where I'm sitting now with like all this nice, bright, you know, and I come in here when I get up and I do, you know, my affirmations and I do, you know, I check the social media platforms and do a few stories on there. And I kind of just have my own time. Um, and so yoga, I have found to be great. Number one, cause you're stretching. Number two, I had, um, my Reiki practitioner recently, when we were during this launch phase to which I was working like seven days a week, like a crazy person, she told me you're not breathing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm alive. Clearly I'm still breathing. And she's like, no, you're breathing like from here, you know, up, you're not like deep, you're not taking deep breaths. And I'm like, yeah, right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I, I was like, okay, well, I mean, let me just look at that. And And then I realized, like, was I? No, not really. So now I consciously, like, will sit and I'll just take a few deep breaths. And, you know, it actually works. So there's something to be said for that. For me, it's a cup of coffee and just like sometimes just even looking out the window for five minutes, not having a device in my hand and not having someone chattering at me. I know for some people they read, there's like daily, you know, positive devotionals. I think those take like maybe five minutes to read a little segment or something. For some people, I know it's a gratitude. You know, I do take a couple of personal life coaching clients still by request. And one of the things I always tell them is a Darren Hardy recommendation, actually, which is bookend your days. So, you know, have a little bit of time at the beginning of the day where you're to what we're talking about, kind of your set point. And then a little bit of time at the end of the day where you're kind of evaluating like what happened 
and writing some gratitudes, you know, about what you're grateful for. My mom used to tell her students, you know, to keep a gratitude journal and just write five things every night that you're grateful for. It's not hard to come up with five things. Again, the biggest part of this is just making it a practice Mm -hmm. and making it consistent. So it could be, you know, going and having a facial for Daryl. It could be playing golf. It could be, you know, uh, having a massage. It could be getting your, you know, nails done if you're, you know, whatever, or, or going out with your friends to, to target for 30 minutes or an hour or, you know, granted life's not very normal now with the outings, but, or, or going outside and just sitting outside and doing nothing for five or 10 minutes, just to give yourself a break uh, to be away from stimulus. Um, I like to go out in the patio and garden. I have like the all these yeah, me plants. Too. And, I'm uh, Stacy on that. That's one of my things. And you pegged me playing golf. That's my that's my treat for myself. But I yeah, we go. could talk about going outside and gardening for sure. Yeah, yeah. One day I got real stressed. I'm working from home now, you know, and um, so I running running my ad agency and then kind of flipping, you know, and always being present as much as possible, like you're talking about online for everyone and with everyone. I always say with everyone, because I know we really are a community, all of us, single parents as a whole, and and all of those who are just trying to be a light uh, to each other and then to the population and the kiddos. Um, Anyway, so I, I, I think unplugging for me I I wrote down you know taking five minute breaks is so important you know just setting I'll say hey Siri set my alarm for such and such and you know I have an apple phone and so she'll remind me you know when it's time to take my five minute break I even found five minute yoga believe it or not and wow that's awesome that's great And so if I don't have time, um, I had a big back surgery a couple of years ago. And so it's so important to stretch. And um, so I make myself stretch. And then um, my, uh, this is another thing that uh, I wanted to share. You know, my doctor told me, you have to blink more. You need to breathe more. Yes. But you have to blink. You have to close your eyes and go 1001, 1002, and then open your eyes. And that moisturizes your eyes and keeps them from turning bright red or getting so irritated if you're at the computer, you know, a long time. And I was like, all of these details, we thought it was so cool to ignore, (laughs) even just two years ago, you know, Um, it's crazy. And uh, so I think that, you know, this is a great moment of enlightenment and reset. Um. Because, you know, if you are somebody who compares, and I think it's natural that we compare to each other, but at the end of the day, you know, if that comparison doesn't lead you to inspiration, it leads you to tearing yourself down or leads you to to feeling inadequate or feeling like I was talking about earlier, you know, broken, you know, I I, I love what I wrote down here after hearing you talk, bouncing back from broken. I just you know, really feel like we have to, single moms, single dads, and the kids realize these things are important. They're very important. And we have to support each other in doing it. And to the point, you know, Noelle, if we can establish these habits, when you find yourself in dire straits, when you're 
you know, when you can't make ends meet that month, you know, you've already got that, that, that coping mechanism, that strategy built in, you right. can, you can employ it when you need it. So it's, it's really good to, to build that habit for sure. Yeah. And the thing about, um, you know, the dire straits and, and kind of the emotional uh, havoc that comes from those moments is that when you are, um, when you allow yourself, I call it going down the rabbit hole, right? So you, you, you have a, a bill comes in and you look at your checkbook and you don't have the money to pay it. Now you start spiraling, right? And now I like, you're down the rabbit hole, right? Cause you're like, oh my God, what will happen if they shut off the electricity? But I can't pay the bill, you know, and that now you're just going and you're gone. And when you get like that, you're like that. Remember that old Peanuts character, Pigpen, that a big dust cloud around his mm -hmm. head wherever he went? And that's really what happens. So you get yourself, you work yourself into a frenzy. You're down the rabbit hole. You, you're putting out this whole field of, you know, panic and worry and just garbage. And then a solution couldn't even find you if it beat you over the head. Because you're literally blocking that off. So it's like people don't realize how detrimental it is to allow themselves to go down the rabbit hole, to get embroiled in the panic. To, because the truth of the matter is, if you get a bill and you don't have the money in your checkbook, tell me what the hell good is it going to do you if you make yourself sick worrying about that for the next week? Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's not going to change. Instead, wouldn't it be better to start like saying affirmations or coming up and thinking of like, maybe there's something I can sell on eBay or maybe there's somebody's house I can clean or maybe there's something I can do. You know, is there a side hustle way I can bring in the money or can I call, you know, the utility company and make a plan? You know, any kind of a solution you're much better off to be focused on that than you are staying up at night worrying about this bill that you can't pay because all you're going to do is bring yourself more of that. And that's sort of the thing that people don't realize. They don't understand how much they're harming themselves by buying into whatever your mortal mind is telling you about whatever about because because then it goes like, oh, I'm, I'm garbage. I can't even afford to support my kid. I'm worthless. I'm, you know, there's a whole, you know what I mean? There's like this whole string that comes from that one, like, oh, the checkbook balance doesn't support me paying the bill. That's just a small, tiny fact. And then most people will take that and make a whole long string of all this stuff that, you know what I mean? Instead of like, oh, here's a fact. That's interesting. Okay, let me put that there. Now, what could I do about that? Let me see what there might be a solution, right? Like, let me let me just see, or let me just not panic, you know? So it's really, in my work with people, that these are the things that I stress the most. Like, don't catch yourself when you're reacting. You're not going to stop right away, but you can start to catch yourself. You can start to say, oh, no, I don't want more of that. So let me not give that all of my attention and energy. Let me just set that over there. Let me move on to something else. And another skill to your point, Daryl, is do the next thing in front of you. When you're, you know, when you're in a place where you don't know what to do or you're panicking or you're freaking out, do the, if it's make a cup of coffee, then go do that. If it's put the load of laundry and then go do that, just do the next 
literally the next task in front of you. Focus on that, then the next, then the next, then the next. And before you know it, you know, you'll have elevated yourself to a better state. (laughs) Do the next thing right or the right thing next. What I was saying is, uh, you know, sometimes just get a glass of water. Like there is nothing wrong with really hydrating, you know, like sometimes what I'll do is, and I, you know, we're all on our own journey of self growth and sustaining, I guess. And uh, so what I did, this is so, y'all are going to laugh because I wasn't drinking my water, nor was I blinking or taking my five minute yogas or anything because I'm so into uh, right now, just learning to be an entrepreneur and being, uh, you know, uh, all the tasks, like you were talking about massive action. So I got this gallon of water. (laughs) I can't even believe I'm talking about this. And I put it in the restroom that I go to in my home where I take a break. My responsibility to myself is to take 12 giant gulps of water every time I have to take a bio break. So I'm getting hydrated instead of going to the garage and getting another, you know, Coke Zero or, you know, or ignoring that need that I have. And um, I don't know, I think you can set little self-care self-care pockets for yourself around the house. I'm learning I have to do that. Like I brought my yoga ball into my office. And so if I need to stretch and yeah. I'm too wound up, I just step away and sit on my yoga ball for a little bit and it just changes things. Yeah. You know, self-care traps for those of us who yeah. are hard to teach. Right. <laughs> So, so I have a confession to make. Uh, I'm, I'm a, a, a more recent single parent th- than you guys. My kids are seven and five and, and I've only been divorced uh, a little less than two years. So, so for me, like when I ask these questions, I'm as much trying to, to just sponge everything that you guys are saying, because, you know, you've already been through the, the challenges that lie ahead for me. So, you know, and that's what we try to do with the show is we try to be a resource to our, to our viewers and our listeners. But I mean, you guys and your stories and, and you are just as much uh, a resource to me. So, so, you know, certainly thank you both. Well, that was nice that's for you to say, Daryl. Well, I'm happy to, I don't know happy what I'm to doing do it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still figuring <laughs> we, it out one day at a time. We didn't know either. We only know now because we already got through it. But in the middle, it very much looks like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And you just do the next thing in front of you, you know? And before you know it, the kid is seven, then eight, then 12, then 15. Then all of a sudden he's 18 and now he's going to be 20. And it's like, whoa, I did it. I remember when he got his learner's permit. So here in Vermont, it was at 16 and a half and we were at the registry and, you know, they came out with the card and they gave it to him and I burst into tears. And I realized that I had had my head down for 16 and a half years. Like, just like, I got to get the, you know what I'm saying? I got to make that kid. Okay. Like I came from crazy people to some extent. And I just need to make like, my whole goal was to make sure that the kid had a stable environment and that he had everything he needed and that he wouldn't want for anything because, you know, we were really poor when I was growing up and I was just like, I'm not like, I don't want to sign up for that man, not doing it. And, um, I don't even know how, you know, people go, Oh my God, how do you have this? And how do you do that? And how do you, and I'm like, 
I don't know. You know, because in my mind, honestly, I'm still like that poor girl from like where I grew up. You know, I don't, it's funny. People see and perceive me in a particular way. And that is not how I perceive myself at all. It's like, I, like I would give it all, like, I don't care. I know what it's like to have nothing. I've been there, done that several times in my lifetime. So it's like, you know, whatever I appear to have, it means nothing to me. And I'm always giving things away and people are like, oh my God. And it's like, you don't even know, man, you don't need all that. You know what I mean? It's nice to have it. It's cool. But you know, I'm from, I'm from Boston. I know how to get by on, you know, macaroni and cheese in a box and spam. Like I got this. So, but I remember crying and he's like, mom, what is wrong with you? And I was like, dude, you don't get it, but someday you'll get it, you know? Cause it was like, oh my God, I can breathe. And that's how I felt. I felt like I could take a breath for the first time in like 16 and a half years, because like I got him a car and now I'd be able to take himself places and I was like, wow, okay, I can breathe. And and that was just a weird, you know, that was a weird feeling. And, you know, then when he graduated, then when he moved out, that was weird. He moved out last year, um, you know, and and I was okay. Like, I cried all the way home after I brought, and it was just weird because it's like, I remember thinking, who am I now? You know, like, my job was that. And that was, even though, I mean, I know I have a business and I have a brand and I have all, but, but that was my, that was my thing. And now, you know, he not like, I mean, we talk all the time and everything and he actually works for my corporation um, now. So, but you know what I mean? It was like, what, who am I now? Sure. I'm like, well, yeah, we identify I'm a, as parents I'm like so a much. grown up, and what do I want to do with my life? And, and I had to start asking, myself the question what do I want and then I started talking about that on the air I started saying like at the beginning of the year to people like start you guys I started asking myself this question and it's an interesting question so I'm gonna put it out to you what do you want because you know what as single parents we don't ever ask that question because it's never even about that and that's when I came to see that asking that question and answering it as it is as important to you, Daryl, in the middle of, because you're in the middle of it, as it is important to Stacy and I being on the other side of it, because we don't ask ourselves that enough. And, and when we're in the middle of, and, and honestly, if I had understood to ask myself that, like where you are, Daryl, right now, like I might've, there might've been different outcomes, right? Because because a lot of what I ended up doing was just reacting to what needed to be done. And, mm. and there was a lot of places where I didn't freely choose what I was doing. I just did whatever I needed to do to make sure that kid was taken care of. And, and in that, I didn't recognize sometimes my own power and my own worth. And, you know, when I look back, I mean, I don't, I don't have any regrets, but like if I, if I knew now what, you know, then, if I knew it, then I might've made some different, you know, I may have made some different choices and because I would have understood things a little bit differently. So I encourage you to ask yourself that question as your kids are, are growing up. And as you're sitting in the middle of being a single dad, like that's a really important question because. I heard a dream, how, Daryl. But I gotta yeah, be honest, because, not screwing them up is still at the top of the list yeah right that's the top of the list for all of us probably will be forever right right 
One of the things, Noelle, I wanted to ask you, because um, I love what you're talking about, and I kind of talked about this a little bit. It's been it's something I've been opening up about. So my son left uh, the house, I guess, uh, in 2018. He left really before he graduated high school. It was a big deal for me. We had a big blow up. It was like, you know, awful. And it was because I, I thought he was falling off a cliff. You know, I thought he was headed down a bad road and I was using all my tough love skills to hang on to him and get him back onto the road that we both had been going down, you know, and as he kind of shift tracks and, you know, fell in love and went off and got married and now he lives in Hawaii and we get to text and everything, you know, from that point when I saw us drifting apart to uh, the part now where, okay, we're kind of getting back in touch or, you know, healing. There was this period of time of constant grieving, deep, deep grieving. And I haven't been able to, to really speak about it in a way that I feel like I could help somebody else going through something like that yet. Um, but I know for sure there was a dynamic, you know, having raised my son alone for 16 years and all of a sudden, you know, all of the, you know, he was in musical theater and he may still go and, and go to musical theater. That's not decided yet, but um, it, it felt like something was ending but in the end I was making it end because I wasn't accepting his new journey you know well and you're still his mom yeah well thank you <laughs> so you know I, I wondered you know kind of like you you said you know I saw that single parenting had a lot of gaps in it. There were so many families, including myself, I wanted to see more for, especially for the children. And I wonder if you could speak to that dynamic of, of like for all of us that are, you know, we're out losing our kids, but they're growing up and we're shooting them off like arrows into the world. And what is that uh, dynamic where we just kind of have a death of sorts? Yeah. So, I mean, to, to your point where your son took the direction that wasn't your plan for him, like we had that here too. So I had a particular plan in mind for this kid and he came to me halfway through 11th grade and said, I'm done. I don't want to be in this. He had gone to private school his whole life. And when, when my mom had a stroke and I moved us back to Vermont, I put him into public high school because I thought it would be a good experience for him because he had never, he had been in, you know, I thought he needed to just see like what the real world looks like. And, um, and I encouraged him to take all of his courses heavy because I had a feeling like maybe he would get to a place where he didn't, you know, really want to finish out. But I thought that would be like halfway through senior year because that's what I did. But he got there halfway through junior year and then he, went to a, another program that helped him graduate early. So he actually ended up graduating as a junior, as halfway through junior year. So he missed, you know, graduation and he missed like all the, all that cool stuff that like I thought I would live vicariously through him because 
high school was really icky for me in a way. And I thought like, you know, and I was like, I was really, like, I was, I had to just, you were kind of wrong. Yeah, I mean, I had to let it go. I had to support it and I just had to let it be okay. And then, you know, he wanted to move out and where he chose to move to was this, and I just, I just had to, you know, I had to just understand that, yes, he is my son, but he is not, it's not my job to control him. And he's an adult and he has his own life. And it's my job now to be a support for him when he wants it. And it's, you know, I will hold counsel when I'm asked. And of course I'm Italian, so I have an opinion, you know, and sometimes I'm giving it to him whether he asks me or not, especially when it comes to a girl. But, um, you know, that, I think that we have to come to a place. So this is again, like, I don't know how many God people are out there or just kind of a universal, like believing in something greater, a higher power, whatever you want to call it. But truthfully, if you have that kind of like faithfulness, that, you know, there is a divine plan. There's a bigger plan than us. There's something bigger holding us. It's, I feel like that's easier to just say, okay, like everyone has their own karma. Everyone has their own plan. It's not my job to tell you how to live your life, Stacey, or you, Daryl, how do you live your life? And it's not my job to tell my kid how to live his life. And so I just have to trust that it will work out. And, you know, and it's hard because we have to watch them get knocked and learn their lessons. But, you know, Stacey, we had to learn ours. Right. And I can remember my mother telling me stuff and I didn't listen to her. And I got kicked around by the universe because I didn't listen. So I feel like I feel bad for people that don't believe in something greater, because I feel like at that point, it really is a terrible loss or a death or what, you know, that's that's really scary if you think that there isn't like a a higher plan you know what I'm saying because at that point I don't know what you count on when you're when you release them and let them go for me it was a bit easier because I am a god girl and I just I just did a lot of praying and I still do I pray for that kid every single day you know and I just have to trust that that God's got him and that his karma is good enough that you know whatever he's created and and I've taught him and I see him enacting his own prayer practice and his own affirmation practice. And he's asking me what he should be reading and he's asking me what he should be studying. So I feel fortunate that he picked all that up because at no point in his 18 years did I sit him down and say, here's how you need to live your life or here's what you need to do. And I mm-hmm. watch him now do things. And I'm like, how did you, why do you do, why are you like that? And he's like, look who my mother is. He's like, mom, I literally watched you manage people or I watched you do this or I watched you pray every single day. I watched you live what you teach people. And that, you know, so like whatever core principles you instilled in your son, you just have to trust that even if he's swayed by a girl or a marriage or a this or a that, that somewhere in there, the work, the good work that you did for the time that he was with you, like that will eventually take hold and, and you will eventually see, you know, that circle back and, and you will see him emulate those qualities. And, and I feel like that is kind of the only way to deal with that. Right. Cause when the kid goes off and does whatever, like, sometimes they're going to really mess up and we just have to sit and watch and 
you know, I spent, there were times where I just, you know, cried and, and was like, you know, but there's, I just have to, I have to watch it because I, I, it's not my job to, um, yeah, to tell him what, it's not my job to tell him what to do anymore, you know, well, and sometimes and, you he'll know, even ask me and I'm like, it isn't my job anymore because, you know, I don't want that responsibility anymore, truthfully. Well, I think too, you know, um, just circling back, you know, we, we ended up really getting some quality time before they moved away. And I got to uh, reacquaint myself with his now wife, you know, and it, it really, you know, I think you, what you're saying about, you know, leaning on our faith, trusting God um, and the universe with, um, with, with that, which is precious to us. Right. Right. And, and that which is precious to us in the end is not control. It's, it's uh, that precious soul that, that we have come to adore, you know, and and fight for. So, yeah. Well, thank you for speaking to that. I, I, I still have not fully um, wrapped my head around that, that lesson. And so it really is something I want, wanted to hear your input on, especially given your background and, and leaning on our faith is exact. I ended up doing exactly that and prayed my way out of it. I'm proud right. to say, but it took some time. It took yep. some time and, and I, some friends. I feel and, that. Yeah, I get that. I feel that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, also, you know, friends who come alongside us and, and really remind us who we are when we, get lost in grief or get lost in like you were talking about earlier fear and having a community you know um, I think what the community you've built and the work you have done has been incredible and and like I said I'm so honored to know you and for you to hear from you thank you that's sweet I appreciate you having me so so wrapping up Noel if folks want to connect with you uh you want to give us your your social media handles that sort of thing Sure. They can go to the, so the easiest thing is for them to go to the workingsinglemom.com and from there, all the social media icons are there and they can find us everywhere. We're on Pinterest and LinkedIn and Tumblr and Instagram and Facebook and whatever else there might be out there. We're on there. <laughs> we're everywhere. <laughs> and Stacy, I feel like we all should know this by now, but if we want to connect with Single Parent Advocate, how do we, how do we find you guys? Oh, you just go to singleparentadvocate.org and uh, we have uh, the podcast feed live now there, as well as all of our social handles. I will say, unlike Noel, we're primarily on Facebook. That's really where you'll find us is largely on Facebook or on the website and uh, on the podcast. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you folks for joining us once again. This has been the Single Parent Advocate Podcast. I'm Sarah Moody, joined by Stacey Quirthra. She is the Single Parent Advocate. This week, our guest, Noelle. Uh, thank you, for Noelle. Single Parent, or the uh, singleworkingmom.com is where we'll find her. Noelle Federico, thank you for joining us. And folks, we'll see you again next week.